Common Roots Rising is cultivating community through conversations. We are integrating innovative ideas, relationships, and connections while raising creativity and collaboration. Thank you for listening to Common Roots Rising. You can learn more about how we are cultivating community at commonrootsrising.org. Today on Common Roots Rising, we'd like to welcome Ella Jansen and Oren Jacobson from Hillcrest Farm Factory. Thanks, Ella and Oren, for being here. Can you tell us what is Hillcrest Farm Factory? Yeah. Really, it's a project that we're starting with the intention of uh, figuring out how to get people out onto the land and hopefully engaging with agriculture at a scale that is accessible and in kind of social and organizational forms um, that are relevant to the way people want to live their lives today. Um, And I think there's definitely a lot that we uh, can learn from farm incubators and other programs uh, throughout the, the region about getting people into agriculture. But there's also some kind of uh, deep-seated uh, philosophical questions that that we've that we're trying to address in engaging people in agriculture. So farm factory is just a, a play on words to say that our, our intention is to to help create new farms. Um, and a lot of people, I think, think about a farm as being a physical place. Um, really, what we mean by a farm and what we're looking to create is, you know, individuals and groups of people who are engaging in, in agriculture and land stewardship uh, in a way that benefits their community and our community. Um, that's the broad of it. I think more specifically, uh, we have uh, a 38-acre uh, plot of land that we intend to make available in a variety of forms with support and mentorship and, uh, and facilitated access to, um, markets and resources and, and infrastructure and equipment to help people, uh, get into growing at, you know, a bigger than the hobby scale, uh, and potentially starting at a new agricultural enterprises that can support groups of people and, uh, add to our local food economy. Um, thanks, Oren. Yeah. Ella, what do you have to add? Yeah, um, I think a few things that um, I think I just have to add to the conversation, too. And something that really excites me about this project is um, just the idea of uh, like like agricultural diversity and understanding the different types of farms we currently have in um, in our region and how um, by introducing more farmers, we're um, inevitably going to have more types of farms, too. Uh, so I'm really excited to be able to see sort of what. Uh, potential projects people have been sitting on in the back of their brains of like, oh, it'd be really cool if I like had a large scale mushroom farm or was able to do this um, sort of growing project and being able to kind of help them uh, launch that project through uh, both like mentorship and support um, from all of the people who are kind of working to organize this. Uh, so it's really, I think, aimed at helping new farmers not only realize that their ideas are possible, um, but then give them the resources to be able to um, kind of actualize uh, the dream, the agricultural dreams that they have. Uh, okay, awesome. So can you share, like, what are your actual, what are your personal roles with Hillcrest Farm Factory? What are you each doing? You want to start, Ella? Um, yeah, I think... 
Uh, I'm mostly just kind of helping in a supportive role, um, working to potentially recruit new farmers as well as uh, working to eventually just, um, I think, do any work on the land that needs to be done. Um, Right now, I think, at least for me, my full role is still kind of becoming realized. But at this point, I'm kind of just along for the ride and willing to help out wherever. Well, I think Ella might sell herself short. Um, you know, what we're creating here is uh, a what is kind of like an ad hoc organization. We have a set of resources and uh, a desire to have an, you know, a further impact in the community. And we're uh, creating it as we go, as, as we usually do. But um, Polly uh, Dalton and I have been involved in kind of the question of how do we recruit or attract or otherwise engage a, a new generation of people in agriculture here in the state for uh, quite a few years. Um, we, for four consecutive years, starting in 2011, we hosted a conference where we particularly reached out to um, students engaged in student farms and agriculture programs throughout the Midwest to bring them to Appleton at Lawrence University and, and uh, do workshops and seminars and discussions around the topic. Um, and, uh, over the years we've engaged in, uh, the farmers union and a variety of agricultural, uh, education organizations and, uh, found, um, really a significant, um, something's lacking, you know, there's on the one hand, a narrative that we face, uh, a technical skills gap and that if we can, but provide the technical skills that, young people need, then they can have the confidence to uh, go out and engage in agriculture. Um, but that largely, from my perspective, falls flat when you look at the uh, incredible amount of educational material that is available. And that someone with a, you know, a basic understanding of the navigation of the internet in a library has at their fingertips more technical knowledge in you know, every area of agriculture than, than anyone could possibly uh, interact with in uh, you know, even multiple lifetimes. So rather what we found in interacting with, you know, hundreds of, of people, you know, especially young people and our peers who have an interest in getting into agriculture in some way, uh, is that there's a gap in confidence and self-assurance and, uh, and connections and support more than there really ever is a, a, a real skill gap, uh, despite the fact that skill gaps exist and, and people often kind of need to be connected to technical resources in order to understand, learn how to do something. Um, so uh, recently, this last year, uh, uh, our farm, Rising Sand Organics, uh, the neighboring uh, 38 acres came up for sale. And we are faced with kind of the direct prospect of housing development as usual, as we're close enough to, to Stephen's point that there's pressure from uh, prospective developers to take a plot like that and split it up into multiple plots. And make money, you know, selling to people who want a little country home with five acres. Uh, and just the reality that regardless if the land changed hands, it would uh, inevitably be unavailable to us for another generation. Uh, and so uh, Polly and I and my brother decided to uh, purchase that land. And, and because we don't, you know, we don't necessarily need it in the sense that we need to produce more. Um, it creates both the opportunity for our farm to expand, but also uh, at minimum, a meanwhile opportunity to provide land access uh, to people interested in trying out growing at a larger scale, actually getting started, um, engaging in, in small scale agriculture, uh, or possibly even uh, starting to scale up. Um, and 
what we also know and have, have access to is, you know, there's a strong network of uh, local food producers uh, in this region with cooperative markets that, and farmers that engage with each other and have, uh, you know, relationships at every scale. Uh, and so it's pretty easy for us to have conversations with some of our peers, um, other farmers in this area and ask if people are willing to, as many have in the past, take on mentorship roles if we're able to, you know, successfully recruit. Um, but the bigger picture is, you know, uh, everything that Ellis said is right. You know, if, if someone has an idea of what they want to do, you know, we are here to help someone uh, execute their, uh, their dreams and their interests. But um, that's probably not the most common iteration of what we're going to face and what we're interested in, because I think largely as technology and agriculture has advanced to the point that uh, very small groups of people are you know, actually capable of producing large quantities of food, um, there are these other disconnects. Uh, if you as a young person go out into the countryside and, and buy or rent some land and try to start up an agricultural operation, you're faced with uh, an isolation, a, you know, a significant isolation and difficulty finding uh, a life pattern that is one that you're going to want to sustain. I have many, uh, you know, friends and acquaintances who have tried it out, you know, going out with a partner or a couple and starting up an agricultural operation, running a CSA farm for a few years, and then finding that, you know, actually having a job in the city might be more attractive. Um, and so, the the other you know parallel to the we want to engage another generation of people or people who just don't have land access in kind of getting into this this game with us is that we also want to challenge some of the narratives around uh, what the social and, and organizational structures of agriculture look like. So um, that has to be subtle. You know, I'm, I, we're not we don't think that we have the perfect model, uh, but bringing back some of the social aspects that, you know, Wendell Berry will talk about in that idealistic agricultural landscape of many small farms, codependent and interacting with each other on a regular basis. Bringing that back requires a, a significant social infrastructure that requires more people than, uh, you know, are actually interacting with a lot of uh, land in our rural communities now. And, um, so that's a question that then goes to the core of how a farm is designed. We've attempted to address that in our own farm by, uh, by creating a cooperative. So there are, you know, there are uh, 13 um, different individuals and that span uh, a number of different households that all engage in the, the management and ownership of our farm together. And though we're not intending to impose that model uh, upon people who come and participate at the farm factory, uh, that's definitely something we want to open up the dialogue and in, engagement with. Um, a farm doesn't have to be, you know, you and your significant other partner uh, living by yourself on a large track of land alone uh, and then tasked with like the responsibility of oversight and supervision of the other people you might convince to come out and join you, whether in employment or friendship or otherwise. Uh, but rather there are other models um, other ways that you can organize and the social and, uh, you know, social and political and, uh, and spiritual needs that you might face, uh, you might actually be able to design those into, uh, your work. Um, and at the same time, you know, be able to express your own individual vision and creativity and, in, in uh, growing food or stewarding the land as you wish. So, 
in in the answer to what is my role, as you said, uh, my role as I see it is to uh, try to make all of that happen. Uh, and I think Ella sells herself short because I think the most difficult aspect of what we're doing here is to uh, find and engage with people and communicate in a way that uh, kind of makes clear what resources are available and how. The recruiting is the most difficult part. We know very well that it is a beautiful place to be, uh, that uh, having lunch with us is great because uh, we're there on purpose doing so, uh, that the resources that we have can definitely uh, lend to someone's success. Um, but it's the kind of it's the first steps of that primary communication and engagement and getting people involved that is the most difficult and uh, and you know largely the work that Ellis doing. Yeah, and I think um, kind of going off of that too, something that really excites me about this project is the idea or just the notion of like community building. Um, when I think about like having multiple farm. Um, like kind of farm projects going out there that we're helping to incubate and helping to realize while also uh, kind of living alongside Rising Sand Organics and existing cooperative farm. The idea that there's just going to be like this bustling couple of uh, like, or I guess like probably close to 20 to 35 acres of land happening at one time where there's a bunch of folks working on different projects, all sort of aimed at um, cultivating this lovely reciprocal relationship with the land in which they're cultivating uh crops and potentially working with animals to help not only feed themselves, but feed their community. And the fact that we're all going to kind of be staying together and living on this or working on this same um, kind of crop of land, I just think sounds really beautiful. Um, so the idea that we're all going to be coming together to build up this thriving little agricultural community just seems really exciting and beautiful and hopefully something that a lot of people will want to take part in. Uh, beautiful. Awesome. So where is this place where you can have a beautiful lunch on the rolling countryside? Tell, tell me, <laughs> where is this place that you can hang out and farm with you guys? Yeah, um, so the, the land for Hillcrest Farm Factory is on Hillcrest Road in, uh, just south of Polonia uh, in the town of Sharon. So we're about a 15, 15 minutes outside of Stevens Point. Um, and uh, then just south of the, the farm factory is Rising Sand Organics on County I, and uh, also in the town of Sharon and Custer, Wisconsin. So um, most of us, uh, in fact, all of us live in Stevens Point and, and actually drive out uh, to Rising Sand and to, and to the farm factory. Or bike. Or bike, yeah. Uh, it, um, <laughs> There's a group of us, yeah. yeah. Maybe someone I, I, rem I remember a, um, a zine I think Monica shared the zine with me about your biking to the farm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one thing that uh, Rising Sand Organics does very well is uh, find creative way to comp or to uh, essentially create create programs in which people are able to get uh, crops in exchange for work. And one of their programs is an art share. So, yeah, we created a zine a lot about biking and also tomatoes and maybe a few other <laughs> fun farm topics. Um, so, yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So... Really, the opportunity is to create a a network of sharing and knowledge and and, and, and support. I, I guess for people that are potentially interested but can't get over that. Um, or in you reference to a gap in confidence, and I, I can tell you for myself, I'm and I'm a bit older than you guys, but I'm a, I've I've gone through three growing seasons on my own farm here. 
And I grew up on a small farm, a small hobby farm. But when I was younger, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to that acre of vegetables and asparagus and uh, apple orchard and everything. I was having fun playing in the woods and doing other things. And and then um, my parents got older and, you know, they're not around anymore. And now that I had the money to, and so I've done small scale farming. Um, and when we landed on our piece of land, we have 18 acres between Wapaka and Scandinavia. And, uh, you know, we kind of decided through osmosis of what was here to start an herb farm because it was, you know, felt like the right thing to do to kind of connect with nature and give back. So I have a ton of resources available. Me, like, like Oren, you said, there, it's, it's like almost unlimited what you can find on the internet. But reading and doing and practice is not exactly the same thing. And I can tell you that I, I deal with a lack of other people to talk to daily or at least weekly about the challenges and the issues that I'm going through because it's, everything is new each season and there's different things that are popping up. So can you share a little bit about, I, I mean, I basically outlined what you already were going to, what you're trying to offer, but I, I see huge opportunity in, in this helping to create this bridge of connection and understanding to actually putting this into practice and, and this potential for success. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not just in the technical skills of, of understanding how to interact with any given plant or crop or growing practice. Um, the, the realities of that are, yeah, when you can talk to someone and you can ask them, Hey, have you ever tried doing this? And they say yes, and give you their own experience of the benefits and drawbacks. It brings significant context to what you can read in a book and and then can either bolster your confidence or or uh, divert you from uh, tragedy uh, in your own work. Um, the the culture around that, uh, I think, and this is something that I've talked to with some of our pers- other farmers' perspective mentors for this program is, um, it actually takes confidence just to be able to have that conversation with people, to be able to interact with other farmers in your community as a peer requires that you see yourself as a peer and as long as you see yourself not as a peer um but rather as a you know a student or a a someone who doesn't know you delegate yourself to uh, a a position where you can't have a peer-to-peer conversation then you never really learn and i've had you know explicit conversations with people who can recognize this Uh, um, a friend of mine matthew who worked for um Tony and, and Laura Miller at uh, White Feather Organics, he would joke about the conversations that Tony and I have about, you know, the irrigation of hoop house tomatoes, where, you know, we're talking about minutes and seconds and different irrigation patterns at different times a year and, uh, and growth of the plants. And it just, you know, extends into a, a minutia that the average person even those people who have specifically decided they want to go and work on an organic, you know, vegetable farm, uh, just can't find themselves to care, right. Or to know, (laughs) but, um, that, that separation is real between people who are farming in the sense that they can identify themselves as a farmer and they, 
take on the risk and reward of the decision making involved uh, in in growing um, and stewarding the land uh, compared to the the really great opportunities, but uh, different opportunities to work for someone else or to um, to take an educational course where everything is kind of set out for you. You know how much money you're going to make or you know what the educational expectations are. You know when the thing's going to end, right? There isn't really a risk of total failure for you. <laughs> um, and, and so it's, it's bridging that that gap, which I think is just a part of the confidence gap. To to We really want to ask people to jump in and engage in the risk-taking activity. And, uh, and that's a way that you know a lot of people have described uh, being the risk taker in agriculture is a differentiating factor. However, it doesn't need to be that risky. It can also be something that there could be a lot of support and uh, you know in a form different safety nets and uh, and systems to ensure some level of success. Um, I've been I've acted as a mentor to uh, now three different operations that have started up community supported agriculture programs and and all done you know done well. Um, and found, you know, and found the, the it beneficial to myself and, and I think found the reflections of people beneficial to them. Uh, what we want to create and the purpose of this is really to be an environment where, you, where just like you said, Mark, you have some people that are readily accessible for you to just talk to. Um, and even though, right, hierarchies form really easily that, you know, the mentor uh, versus the mentee. Uh, situation, you know, might could still be perceived here. I think our goal would be to kind of accelerate someone to the point of seeing themselves as being in a peer relationship and uh, to have something to give because novel experience is uh, something that people who have been doing something for a long time can find value in. Uh, and uh, right, the ruts that I've dug are probably valuable to someone else <laughs> uh, in a sense. So but then as, even as we extend outside of, you know, you talked about the vegetable garden that, that as, a, as in your youth, maybe you didn't pay as much attention to as you uh, may have wanted to now in retrospect. Um, there's also, especially with respect to, to kind of the confidence gap, there's also all the other things, um, financial management, accessing resources, right? Uh, learning how to assert yourself into market access. And um, these are all things that unfortunately generally our education system k-12 and and uh undergraduate institutions are kind of woefully um i don't know if it's that they're ignoring uh, these things but allowing a majority of people to be in a position where uh that's kind of viewed and even talked about as something someone else does uh, and yet realistically an agricultural operation requires um some savvy in interacting with the economics of the situation as much as it does a green thumb or, or, you know, animal husbandry, uh, or, or otherwise land stewardship scale and experience and, and, and touch. So, uh, it's in those things that we also just want to provide that same kind of peer to peer, uh, network, but also just direct support. I know how to navigate accessing resources through particular channels and have plenty of experience with market access and can just facilitate someone gaining that first level of confidence and, and access to those things that are then the foundation for being able to kind of go out and uh, and access whatever you need. Um, yeah, there's, 
you sure you sure give me a lot to think about to the point I was like, okay, I've got about 50 things I could share back with you, which I knew was going to go this way because I've talked to you enough. Um, that's why I was like, I don't really need a lot of questions to ask. I just got to flow with, with this. Our, our culture is almost radically independent to a fault, I feel. And there are these, these systems where we're, we're not, well, so from the farming world, you know, say 100 years ago, generationally you would have your parents and your grandparents and, and probably your, your neighbors would be there and would be around. And there was all this co-work and, co- and help. And it literally was, wasn't called a cooperative, but it was very a cooperative environment. At least, if, you know, certainly if you had good neighbors and, and a, a large family, everybody was cooperating for the good of the success of <clears throat> your farm. And, of course, maybe there wasn't so much need to be business savvy, but there definitely was that support and that legacy that a younger person would feel good about wanting to take over. And then, you know, 50, 100, you know, 75 years ago, get off the farm, (laughs) get into the factories, do all these other things that society says is important and we'll just make this huge big factory farms rather than farm factory which we'll talk about a little bit (laughs) but as say younger people or or people that maybe don't have access to their family resources want to go back to the land and and you know do something with the ground in nature you know actually grow food you know support their incredibly local community we are sorely lacking in that support so i'm i'm very interested in what in what you're working on um because this culture of i i guess cooperation and collaboration needs to be cultivated or at minimum i would say if it used to happen it needs to be recultivated and um ella i know i I believe you were doing a flower business that was part of yeah so you're a a younger person and i know know your dad's not a farmer but anyway well he kind of wants to be but yeah (laughs) um no it's interesting as oren was kind of chatting about um sort of the confidence that we're really hoping to build within younger people and believing that they can run their own farm or create this kind of like agricultural product that they or project that they live off of. That was very much my experience last year where I came to Oren, uh, like probably sometime in February and asked if I could have a small chunk of his, um, small chunk of RSO allocated to me growing sunflowers on them. I had never, ever grown sunflowers before. Uh, didn't know really, I had done a couple of work shares, so I sort of knew the layout of RSO and, um, what the needs are for like just an average, um, kind of growing project in regards to time put in and, you know, water and weeding and everything. Uh, and it really was such a whirlwind. Um, one that has completely transformed 
like my ideas of like where I want to be and like what I'm sort of working towards in terms of a career and a lifestyle. Um, before I was like set on going to grad school, getting my PhD in philosophy, um, working in offices for the rest of my life. And then I don't know, this summer being able to be out there and like, even though this wasn't necessarily a farm, um, part of the farm incubator program, I definitely remember, um, Oren walking the row with me the first couple of days and being like, okay, well, you can use this tool to measure out your, uh, measure out your rows. And I was like, uh, how do you, how do you use it? <laughs> like, and just being able to have someone there to ask. Cause like, I really, I had no idea. Um, and kind of just having other people around that you feel comfortable with being able to ask questions and troubleshoot those problems with, um, was extremely helpful. Um, and it ended up being a really successful and super fun year at one, which that I'm hoping to, um, dive even deeper into this coming summer. Um, and I feel like, the I think so much of the importance of like what I believe we're doing here is being able to work with not even just young people but anyone who wants to start their own project like this and really like be able to help them on the kind of track of being able to validate themselves and validate what it is that they're doing because I never my entire young adult life assumed that I could literally gain a living or at least like uh, provide for myself and the, and meet my own needs from selling sunflowers, selling and growing sunflowers. But now I'm like, that's all I want to do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to kind of exploring that with potentially new folks and really showing them that even though it's like, it's interesting, Mark, um, hearing kind of what you said about, uh, the fact that like for a while it's, it's kind of seemed like the rule has reversed over the years. And this is definitely an oversimplification, but for a while it seemed like, you know, people tended to be out on the farm and the goal was to get away to the factories and get away into town and like being able to sort of lead this, um, more agriculturally based life for something bigger and something better. And now it sort of seems like we've switched it a little bit where young people are getting sick of the factories and getting sick of the cities and more urban areas and feel like maybe what they really need and what will nurture their soul and their kind of, I don't know, their sense of self is to get back onto the land and just work with their hands and create something, um, that feeds them and feeds their friends and yeah, yeah. their community. I think that, uh, Mark, you've probably heard that story before, <laughs> um, maybe when you were younger. <laughs> uh, and, and I want to, I want to add a parallel to it. I, I think, my own trajectory uh, in the last number of years uh, is one of, in a sense, doing that. You know, I started uh, really getting back into uh, gardening and then food production in college. Um, and then out of college, joined a nonprofit organization with a pretty ambitious uh, goal that included building a big urban farm. Um, but coming out here to central Wisconsin and starting uh, what was Field Notes Farm, um, Polly and I both really came to pretty quickly a uh, realization that um, right now the the model that is proposed at agricultural conferences, you know, local food and organic agriculture and CSA conferences of, uh, you know, a, a in, intensive vegetable operation or even the diversified farm relying upon the, the kind of family farm model, uh, it works if you kind of can keep everything together and you work really hard um, and it does work. But if you want to do other things, then you face a significant obstacle because, and Polly and I essentially try this. I mean, you can hire, you can bring people on as employees. It's uh, never quite the same. Um, 
and you can uh, try to kind of invest in systems that will open things up for you. But there's a practical reality that if you don't come into it just with a lot of capital, uh, you know, a lot of your own money, you're in a position where if you want an income like people working in the city, you're going to have to work really hard and you're probably not going to be able to do many other things. And so as we faced interest in a much broader array of human activities, uh, that just didn't seem viable to us. Um, and so our cooperative farm, Rising Sand Organics, is, uh, you know, one method of attempting to uh, address a broader question. This isn't just about can you have a successful small farm? Can we get one more person, one more group of people farming? It's a question about how we engage in uh, economic and political and social activity on an ongoing basis. Can I be a political person if I'm stuck on the farm because nobody else can do the chores? You know, um, And can I be social in the way that I want to be social? Um, and the answers to those seemed largely to be, and I know not everybody agrees with this, to be probably not. Um, and so we, uh, you know, I idealize a, a different level of flexibility uh, um, for people to be able to engage in land stewardship and food production, um, not necessarily, as Ella described, just to, to make their livelihood from it. I think that is a, a privilege that is accessible to people if their livelihood matches with the, the kind of realities of, of farming. But there's also, uh, you know, some people could say it's like, okay, yeah, you farm, but you have to have an off-farm job. And, and I say, well, actually, I farm and I get to have an off-farm job. I get to do other things that I want to do. I get to build. I get to practice law. I get to engage in a variety of political and activist activities, right? And I get to farm all of these things. Um, and I get to do that because the question of what does a viable farm look like today, I think, is a more complicated question than whether you can be successful at growing and selling something. Uh, it's a question that that really needs to touch upon every aspect of our kind of economic and, and political and social structure from the issues of housing and transportation and and, uh, and the entire food system and, and our political and, and, uh, and legal infrastructure and what spirituality looks like today. Um, so as we kind of build up this farm factory, uh, Ella tells a tried and true story. Um, we're also trying to tell another story, which is that uh, we really need to be engaging in this land stewardship and we need a food system that is resilient and distributed and diversified. But we also need for our work and our social patterns to be that way as well, because if we're successful just at recruiting one more isolated generation of couples and individuals to come out and start agricultural enterprises, uh, we will be back here again uh, in 30 years facing the same problem. Uh, and so something's got to give, something has to be different. We're not the only innovators in this space, if we even are innovators. Um, I, you know, Polly and I spend a lot of time in a part of the farm factory and has been involved in this is us looking at activities throughout the country um, and, and uh, people trying to address the revitalization of, of uh, rural communities, of our food systems, of work, of housing, of culture. It's all the same thing. The farm factory is just this point. We are saying to everybody out there, look, we've got this plot of land. If you would like to come and have a larger garden or 
to take some ideas that you have or to take some ideas that we have and turn them into a project where you engage with other people and build relationships in the community and raise food and steward the land uh, and gain skills and make friendships and have lunch with us, etc. This is available, accessible, and we'll be there too. Uh, and we'd love for you to join us. Beautiful. I think I should have... Um had you write all the st- copy for co- Common Roots Rising that I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm. We're we're very aligned on this. The, we we are approaching from different angles, but this this whole concept of rural regeneration, um, building rural community, and and I'm playing with the the word community, highlighting the unity and bringing the connection and the relationships and the support. It is a huge issue for anybody who wants to be social, wants to have some of the interaction opportunities that they may have grown up with in the city or or in a college town, when they move even if you get 30, 40 minutes out of town, I, a friend of ours that we both know um, who lives north of Iola has some definitely isolation issues that we've discussed. Um, you know, sh- she's out there in this beautiful place, but mm, there's not enough going on in her neighborhood. <laughs> to, and so, so then she doesn't have some of the support that she would, she would like. So you come come and hang out with the farmers at the farm market and that's all a good good thing but there there's more there's more to it and and um yeah i i i i think it's super important for um us to build this support network and and i feel like i i've decided to locate myself in central wisconsin four years ago and i've decided because the first three years, honestly, I was too busy trying to take care of my own place to have that time to be political and go out and, and engage in these other activities. But I'd, I've decided that I have to. Um, so this is my winter project, but more is to build this, uh, cultivate this community network. And uh, I'm, I'm looking to, through my ways, support projects that you're working on and you know you guys are doing a lot of wonderful things in Portage County and and Stevens Point and I'm close to Wapaka and and you know we're we're catching the wind of it but there's there's a lot of beautiful little things happening here and you know our rural communities losing young people but in today's world to what you know going to the city to do what to work in an office for what purpose when I was young, you know, that was kind of like a, yeah, that's a good thing to do. I don't feel that way anymore, you know. And um, so one of my goals and, and visions is to create more sparks of opportunity for, it's not just rural, but taking care of each other within the context of taking care of the land and nature and... Um, wanting to live rural. Um, I can share with you, we lived on Kauai for four years, and Kauai is primarily rural. 
And when we decided to leave Kauai for, for various reasons, I took a, took a job in Boulder, Colorado, which didn't work out. But And after that, I was like, where can I grow that's rural and progressive? And not politically progressive, just like open-minded and creative. And there are pockets here and there, but it's not easy to find. And... I want to help make it easy to find, and I want to create it here. And, and that's why, like I said, when I saw Lynn shared this was happening, I'm like, oh, okay, we've got to get you guys on. So, Ella, you want you have anything to, more to add? Because I didn't really ask a question. I made a statement. Yeah, well, I guess um, I'm definitely glad that you did decide to have us on and talk about it. And I have to say, um, kind of just in a slightly, I guess, I don't know, like, I feel like the community around central Wisconsin and like Portage County and Wapaka really is very special. And I feel the same way where like, like, what is a place that is both rural and also like a place that you can like find clever and new and creative ways to live. And I think that at least I'm hoping that this uh, project of ours, the incubator will really work to add to the conversation and hopefully um, give an excuse for more people to come here and begin to sort of create what it is that they want, like the lifestyle that it is that they want to live. So, yeah. Great. So let's wrap, wrap back up to some of the details here, just so that if people are, are, are interested. Um, so can you tell us, tell me a little bit about the programs that you're offering through Hillcrest Farm Factory? If, if I'm a, I'm new farmer or I want to upscale my backyard garden what what are these programs yeah um I was just going to get to that so we've decided to basically break it into kind of two tiers um basic entry level is the an enormous community garden and when I say enormous I mean that the plots are enormous so uh for people who are interested in that if they just have kind of caught the 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 green thumb or fever uh, we're offering just eighth of an acre at a time for uh, for rent for at a, a community garden rate. So two hundred dollars a year. We provide water, spring tillage if that's what you want, and basic hand tools, uh, and and um, probably also access to compost. Um, basically, we're trying to approach kind of two different angles. One is um, the scaled up community garden. So we're offering eighth of an acre plots uh, for. for the year that come with us doing soil prepper in the spring, uh, water access, uh, and basic hand tools, uh, and then invitation to come and have lunch on the weekdays if you're out there at that time, and otherwise kind of connection into the social aspects of what we're doing. Um, And that can involve some uh, more ad hoc or or, uh, informal mentorship if people are interested in it. And we hope that that, and, you know, we don't necessarily know, but we hope that that's just attractive to people who might not have a, a place where they can access that scale of land to start growing and experiment. Um, but eighth of an acre is also uh, an amount that it would be realistic for someone to uh, start growing for a single market as kind of supplemental income or otherwise if they were interested in that. So it's both something that uh, might be a scaled up hobby or, you know, uh, producing food for yourself or your family. And it also is, is kind of enters into the uh, can be commercialized and otherwise is an amount of land that starts to uh, broach the subjects of land stewardship of uh, uh, taking care of and being responsible for a little bit more. 
Um, and then that combined with the community aspect. And then for people who are, are kind of ready to take on something more, either because they have more time or more ambition or more interest or otherwise, or want to engage in, in, in agriculture with animals, um, our uh, more formal incubator program will involve uh, direct mentorship from someone who's actively farming in the community, whether it's uh, one of us or one of the other farms that we're connected to. Uh, it's going to involve, uh, you know, the negotiation of a land lease for some portion of the 38 acres that we have, uh, as well as negotiation for uh, access to uh, equipment and infrastructure, uh, you know, on site and, and at the neighboring farm. Um, and then kind of more formal engagement in kind of uh, the mentorship and educational narrative of ensuring someone has the support and can identify the resources necessary to be successful. So that'll involve us providing support in, in kind of business and enterprise planning and, and land management planning, uh, and then uh, facilitating access to uh, markets, depending on what their business plan is, uh, uh, assistance in, in their design of their organizational structure, uh, sourcing supplies and inputs, animals, uh, et cetera. So uh, that'll be kind of all hands-on. We currently have um, one group uh, committed to uh, of three individuals uh, committed to uh, starting with us uh, raising laying hens, uh, scaling up from uh, kind of the they had mostly been in the practice of just buying eggs from local farms. They want to get it to themselves so they can understand it better and and uh, build up a business model around it. Uh, they're a small cooperative with three actively working members right now, and they want to build from there. Uh, and then from you know we're pretty open to people coming in with whatever idea, and we're also open to uh, kind of lending our experience uh, with a variety of starting points as models. Uh, as I talked about earlier, um, I think a small-scale CSA is an example of a model that uh, someone can jump into and be faced with a lot of the, uh, a, you know, a significant portion of the learning curve of, of vegetable and herb production. Uh, and it's something that we know how to facilitate really well. Uh, and pretty much anyone who's got the motivation is able to come in and do that at a small enough scale. Uh, so, but outside of that, you know, as Ella alluded to anyone who has an idea of something they want to do, we're all ears and we have land and, and infrastructure and, and mentors and, uh, and resources and connections and, and we're ready to support uh, people in doing that. And we hope that the process of bringing people out together at Hillcrest Farm Factory can contribute to the already growing community of, of people and social connections and friendships and business relationships that uh, exist there and, uh, and in our local food community. Uh, and that's a part of what any participant will be joining. Super. Ella, you have anything else you want to share? He, he's pretty complete, but, it, but I pre appreciate multiple perspectives. Yeah, I would say Oren definitely did cover a decent amount. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know if I really have anything to add. I'm just excited. I'm excited to see that land just bustling out there this summer. Um, I'm excited to have more people out joining us for lunch every single day. Um, and I think I'm also just excited about like learning through the different projects that are happening. So whether or not like someone is assisting, like we're assisting someone in like launching like a full like potential agricultural operation through the incubator side. Like I feel like we're all going to learn so much through that as well as just being able to interact and see what other people are doing who take advantage of the land allocation, the single eighth acre of the um, garden, like the community garden plot. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. 
So can you share where you can find more information um, about Hillcrest Farm Factory? Yeah, so we actually have um, our website launched. Um, so as part of our co-op, uh, part of Cooperative Point, which is another co-op in Stevens Point, we've launched an additional page on Cooperative Point's website. So if you head to www.cooperativepoint.com forward slash farm dash factory, um, you'll be able to find all the information right there. Awesome. Yeah, I'm actually there right now looking at it. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. Um, and then, I th- yeah, and I know you shared it on Facebook. Um, are you planning to do any kind of like cooperative marketing with, some, with this, these initiatives or each person or, or support in that way? Um, no, not exactly. I think that's one of the things that we've been kind of working on is there, there's in one sense um, – I think the cooperative model has shown that it can effectively bring almost anyone in to benefit. But the purpose of the farm factory, as we've been kind of describing, is uh, hopefully to, at, you know, the factory aspect of it is, you know, we're trying to make more groups, more entities, more, um, more separate and autonomous actors here. So, I think that it's very likely that as people join that cooperative marketing will emerge. Um, but what we want to be careful of is that we're not just creating a slot for someone to fit into that then enables them not to join us in a sense in continuing to create these venues. So I think we'll facilitate, as I said, market access, the, the farmer's markets here in, in point, the winter and summer markets are both cooperatives and engaging in those and, and learning, you know, and, and uh, as a voting member and joining the board possibly are all things that we'll encourage people to do. Uh, but uh, I think the eventually it's like understanding who you want to interact with and who it is that you feel called to grow food for um, and understanding how your market is constructed and how those relationships are maintained is a really important aspect of, of really getting to a place where you're secure and confident in what you're doing. And we don't really want to circumvent that by creating a successful infrastructure that allows someone to not do those things. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that those won't emerge as people identify that maybe that's the way that they want to interact with the market. Uh, and I think the, the kind of nature of cooperatives is they're a lot more likely to emerge as there are more players. We're really here as the farm factory to create more players. And uh, when there are more players, there will be more cooperatives. So you really like a farm creativity incubator. <laughs> yeah, that's one way you could say it, yeah. yeah but that's awesome. Uh, one of the things that I was kind of uh, getting at with the marketing is, I, I don't know if you both are aware of, but Renewing the Countryside, had, I don't know if they, it was a project they were doing, but or, or, and, and I don't think they have it available all the time, but there was a, an online marketplace where different producers from farms and, and makers could um, promote and, and sh- actually sell their products. And I thought that was kind of an inter- interesting thing because it's kind of a big hurdle for uh, small business, small farmers to figure out how to, how to get their products uh, online. Not that you need to only be online, but uh, you certainly, the you know, it's... You know, I know we have to rise up more 
getting more people to go to farm markets and and you know farm shed is is in the region which which is a beautiful resources as well um but there is this opportunity especially in in the culture of social distancing and ordering online that we kind of need to compete with the amazons of the world within our local region to make it easy for our 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 supporters in in the area to support our farms and and so that's something that you know it's a it's quite a undertaking to do that but also but it's it's super valuable i think for the future is there anything else that you want to share with us both of you on hillcrest farm factory I think to wrap up, I would just say that, you know, we started this to really as a project to share resources that we have, land access uh, and knowledge and connections in the community and our own experience um, and to facilitate other people who have that to share as well, but may not uh, feel that they have the time to uh, really make a go of it. So uh, this is just a starting point. Um, Nothing that we're doing is really written in stone. We're pretty much open to anyone coming on board and participating in the development of this. Uh, and we hope that th- that people will uh, find this access to be interesting and, and worth pursuing. Yeah, and I would just add um, that for anyone who is listening and thinks this is like something that they would want to get involved in, I would say just like reach out and have a conversation with us. Um, I think that right now, because this is our first year, like there is a lot of kind of... Um, flexibility in our model and the way that we approach each individual sort of um, partnership and project. So I just hope that people, even if they're unsure of exactly what they want um, this summer to look like for them in regards to agriculture or growing, and that they at least uh, feel comfortable enough to reach out and we can see where it goes. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Ella. And thank you, Oren. And thank you for creating Hillcrest Farm Factory. And I look forward to following your progress this spring and summer as, as things start to unfold. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on, Mark. Thank you, Mark. It's always good to see you again. Thank you for listening to Common Roots Rising. You can learn more about how we are cultivating community at commonrootsrising.org. <laughs>